to a brand new edition of Problematic Women. I'm Lauren Evans, and we have a special unscripted episode for the Christmas season. I'm joined by some great ladies. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Kristen Eichhammer. And I'm Sarah Partial Perry. It is a full house. Full house. <laughs> we didn't have to break out an extra mic just to fit us all in the podcast studio, mm-hmm. but what a pleasure to have yeah, all this of us together. Fun. To end the year, our last episode of 2023. Yeah. Ending with a bang and so, a little bit. A little actually, bit I, had a, I had a Celsius before this, but <laughs> oh boy, oh, oh boy, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> it's gonna be wild. All right, I'm gonna. We're gonna start off pretty easy. Softball, softball. It's it's the Christmas season. It's New Year season. New Year, New You. Do you have any interesting like Christmas traditions, New Year's traditions that you do in your family? So a new one that we have instituted that I have very proudly brought to my family is a Christmas puzzle, which oh, sounds wow. slightly lame. But <laughs> slightly it would not be the adjective I would use for that. All right, Lauren. <laughs> but it's, it's, there's something really relaxing to me, for me, about puzzles. And mm-hmm. the only time I do puzzles is when like the world has stopped and I can just sit down and, you know, find that random little blue square to complete the mailbox mm. at the end of the snowy driveway <laughs> in the picture. Wow. wow. Did you buy the, the puzzle yet? Oh, I, I bought the puzzle in July. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good night. With my family on vacation, so I got their approval. But none of my family are puzzle people, and I just love the fact every single year this happens, I put it out. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to do it. And then I come down in the morning, and they're, like, working on it. And I'm like, see, guys? See? I got you roped in. You are puzzle. People. <laughs> I mean, that's that is a spicy holiday tradition. Wow, <laughs> we go wild in the household. <laughs> you know, I I let the kids open their stockings in their rooms. Oh, nice! Right, oh. so everyone gets their stocking outside their door because Santa leaves it. For those of you who are underage and might be listening to this <laughs> podcast, um, and then they get to open them, and then they come in and wake me up, and then I go downstairs, and I always have something ready the night before for their breakfast. Like, sometimes I'll make a breakfast casserole, or I'll buy, like, pastries and donuts and get hot cocoa. And then I set it up in the living room where all the presents are around the tree. So, because kids get hungry, they're teenagers, every one of them wants to wake up and stuff their faces. So, it's kind of, you know, really a way to essentially use my time effectively. Mm-hmm. Get them fed well and open gifts at the same time. Brilliant. What yeah. about you, Kristen? Well, I feel like I, I'm trying to think because we had Chicago traditions, but now my family's in Georgia, so I'm, I'm not entirely well, What's sure. a Chicago tradition? I don't know. It's snowing and cold, so we oh. you know, like would look outside the window. I, literally <laughs> nothing. I think snowing. our best tradition, though, is we do go to Mass every Christmas Eve. Mm, nice. Um, my dad actually, I remember one year we were in Texas, and we almost didn't go on Christmas Eve because, like, the rest of the family was tired, and we would have to go to Midnight Mass. And I was like, you know what, Dad? I'll go. And then the rest Aww. of the family did. Aww. So it's well pretty done. much every year. That's um, sweet. And it's nice because then you're not feeling rushed to get to church on Christmas. Like, you can really just yeah. relish in it. So one thing my family's doing interesting this year is we we decided we have mostly adults in my family. I have a couple nieces, and we're going to just completely spoil my nieces. But we were like, <laughs> we don't need to buy a bunch of gifts for the people that we sell the time. So we have set a $10 limit, Ooh. and it has to be something that that person can use every day Wow! for the present. So like stuff that you oh, need, man. right? Like shampoo or salt, like like just fun stuff but yeah we've, we've been trying to be really creative with like what's something that 
people wouldn't think of that you would use every day. Uh, that you actually need. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Boy, I wish uh, we'd mm-hmm. had the foresight to pick a $10 limit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, I'd have been done in about 22 seconds, unfortunately. <laughs> and in this economy, that would help. Yes, it would. That's smart. That's very smart. But everybody's trying to figure out how much they can push it. Like, can you go Can you go $12? Can you go $15? But Yeah, that's how it is in my family. Because we set limits, too, and then everyone starts pushing it. And every year, there's always someone that totally doesn't follow no. the limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's only fun if everyone follows the rules. Wait, is it like normal? Do a lot of people do that? Where it's, do you get a gift for each person, or it's in my just, family? You all, you, like we assign, so everybody has uh, one person they buy for, and you have a limit gotcha. for that one person. Because hmm. yeah, it got too crazy. We had to a rein it in. Yeah, yeah, it is a problem because we don't rein it in, and then you know, I look at my bank account on January second, and I go, oh, I need a little help here. <laughs> I need that inflation cut right now. <laughs> Everybody needs to get on those interest rates deductions so we can get things under control. Preach. Yeah. yeah. All right. New Year's resolutions. Oh, moving right along here. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Mine is yeah. I want to try to get eight hours of sleep every night because that has not been Ooh. something I've prioritized at all. Like Lofty. a lot of people, usually they're like, I need to, you know, work out every day or more a week. And other people are like, I need to eat clean. And I, I feel like... I don't believe in that for a resolution. Like, that should be I something. Know, you just forget. <laughs> I don't believe in clean eating. <laughs> I mean. So it's literally the most fit person exactly. that I know. <laughs> exactly. But it's like you can make that something, like, any time of the year. Like, you could do Whole30 for a month and then just be, like, done. Or, I mean, you could do it whenever. That starts whenever. Put that timeline on whenever. But sleeping, like, I feel like that's a commitment. And if I go a month, and I have the Aura Ring, too, for those people who don't know what that is, it tracks your sleeping cycle, and it, like, rewards you with points and stats to show you how well your sleeping is. But Hmm. I just have not prioritized it. So 2024 is going to be the year of sleep for me. The year of sleep. You know, so I have gotten a lot more sleep this year, and you know why? I call them my toddler hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I go to bed at, like... 8.30 8.30 every night. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like, I look forward to bedtime so much. And then it's like 7.30. It's like, oh, man, I just wish. Give me one more hour. <laughs> I mean, do not expect an answer from this lady, even in an emergency, at 8.59. <laughs> no. Okay? I'm going to no. tell you right now, absolutely impossible to get a hold of. Will not respond to memes. I know this from personal experience. And <laughs> Well, when, I respond at like 5.35 in the morning. When, when normal people... <laughs> are still in bed. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say for New Year's resolutions, I I actually am a big fan of like setting goals for the new year. Mm. And every year in one of the like, what, six days after Christmas, I take one afternoon and I sit down and I kind of write out like these are the goals for the year. So because we aren't at that point yet, I can't say with certainty what what my goals are for the year. But one of them that I know is going to be on there is... As much as it is in my power to move forward with buying a house Ooh, next year. So, exciting. I know. Yes. Yeah. But again, as much as it's in my power, given <laughs> given the situation right now with the housing market. But made made some progress this year. Have a ways to go. It's a journey, as I know all of you sitting here know and have personal experience with. So that is one I would love to be like, I will buy a house in 2024. But that 
scares me to say that because there's just so many factors that oh that's so exciting that I know exciting. it is yeah. Yeah. yeah well I'm going to start going on Zillow and sending yeah. you listings oh please do <laughs> you may not have wanted to say that in an open forum <laughs> <laughs> well the number of times I can't sleep and it's one in the morning and I'm like let me see if there's any new mm. listings <laughs> and then you just have to keep on expanding further yeah. and further yes. outside of DC it's like is there anything in my budget <laughs> could I survive an hour and a half commute <laughs> no <laughs> yeah because it'll end up being like three hours <laughs> yep yep i think with me you know i take new year's day and i always use that time in addition to watching bowl games holla <laughs> is just spending time doing the exact same thing we we sit we you know write out kind of our goals our plans for the year and a lot of that obviously for the women in this room is praying about it mm-hmm. right what what should I do, Lord? Where are you directing me? I'm, this has been a productive year in terms of, you know, I normally say, I'm going to lose weight. Oh, I lost weight. I'm going to read more books. Yes, my commute will do that. And I've gotten through 17 books. Ooh. By listening, I want the listeners to know. That still counts in yeah. my book. Okay. And, I, and that's the kind of stuff that's great. I think this year I would like to find more balance mm. in my life. I don't know if it will surprise anybody in this room, but I've been told I'm a little bit of a workaholic so (laughs) i would like to figure out what that balance is and find more time to specifically pour into my kids Mm. love that great call lauren what for you so mine is to have more quiet time in the morning with with the lord i I found this year i've had a couple seasons where i'm just really good about it and it really just helps me recenter my whole day and there's something too when you're saying your morning prayers and you're going through this list of like everybody that you care about and, and then people that the people that you care about care about. And it just really branches out and it really centers me. And I find there's times in my life where I just get so busy and that's one of the first things I end up cutting out and it just makes such a difference. So that is my goal is just to do that every day, Monday through Sunday. And yeah, just spend some time with the Lord every morning. That's so good. I love it. It's so needed. I know. I, that so was a Virginia needed. answer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I feel proud that you feel like yeah. that, was, that was an answer I would have given. <laughs> All right. Well, before we continue this amazing off-the-script conversation about Christmas and end of year and all the things... I want to tell you all about a great way you can find some very last-minute Christmas gifts or get some new makeup at the end of the year. Hope Beauty is a makeup line founded by Hope Harvard, and it is on a mission to revive, to revolutionize femininity by retelling the stories of the pioneers of beauty, the women of Scripture. Hope Beauty has very cleverly matched their stories, the stories of the women of the Bible, with Makeup. So every single makeup item that they sell is connected to a story in the Bible. It's a beautiful thing. They have products like their Marvelous Mascara, which I have and use every single day, that is meant to remind you that you are fearfully, wonderfully, and marvelously made by God. Their uh, lip liner products, all of their lipstick is connected with people like uh, Ruth or Mary in the Bible. So Hope Beauty, it is such a beautiful product 
their quality of their makeup is wonderful. And it also is just great to support a fellow problematic woman. Hope Harvard has been on this show, I think, twice. She's a conservative. She's passionate about America. And she's a female business owner. So if you want to check out her products, you can visit HopeBeautyUSA.com. And all of our listeners can get 10% off when they use the code PROBLEMATICWOMEN, all running together, all caps, at checkout. Again, that code is PROBLEMATICWOMEN to get 10% off at HopeBeautyUSA.com. All right, welcome back. Time for more questions. Mm. <laughs> Everyone in this room spends a lot of time on Twitter watching the news. What? I know. <laughs> so I, I want to just take some time to reflect on the news of the past year. What what stories stood out to you, whether they were important or they had an impact on you? What do you think will kind of define 2023? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I think for me, it was probably the unprovoked attacks by Hamas and Israel mm-hmm. and how we saw that as sort of the stone that started the avalanche of anti-Semitism in the mm-hmm. United States. Now, we know there's been a problem on college campuses for quite some time, but we have not seen it so openly promoted and so openly supported in the streets and in the halls of Congress. It's been a shock to me mm-hmm. to recognize exactly how extensive the anti-Semitism is in the United States. We take for granted that, you know, there are no there are no issues like this sort of, you know, in the corners of all of our different institutions. But as it turns out, the Israel-Hamas conflict has really been this crucible that's helped America, I think, see exactly who Israel's allies are and are not and who American Jews have as friends or do not. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to not have that be the, yeah. the biggest story yeah. of the year. I mean, just huge and obviously historic in so many ways. And Honestly, you know, we'll see as time goes on and we live in a wild world, so you never know what's going to come up. But I think when I, you know, years from now, look back on my time in Washington, D.C. as a journalist, I will the the war in Israel and reporting on it will be one of the first things mm. that comes yeah. to my mind because it is it is so emotional. I mean, as I shared on the show and went into detail, I went to the Israeli embassy. I saw the film of raw footage from October 7th. Lauren knows, yeah. you know, I did a Daily Signal podcast interview just recently with, with two guys who are Israeli. They've started an organization after their friend was killed on October 7th to collect supplies needed by the IDF soldiers, really, really cool guys. But like, I, I literally broke down and started crying during that interview because I, it, it is so emotional and the atrocities are, it, it's just another level, right? Like mm-hmm. war is always hard. It's always brutal. But what Hamas did to the people of Israel was inhumane at a level that we just haven't witnessed. Uh, they They treated them have treated them like animals, worse Mm -hmm. than animals. And to see what another human is capable of doing to another Mm. human, it just shakes you. It's really shaken me. Uh, And so I I think both from just a reporting and big news and world events perspective, that is huge, but it, it has such an emotional component with it that it has really personally left a mark on on me. But left a mark on our whole world, I think. Yeah, I think so as well. 
I'm going to go with a slightly more upbeat topic. Please do. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> I set the tone. <laughs> I think this year what has been so interesting is watching. So 2022 was kind of the year where people discovered what AI is. Mm. And 2023 is the year where people have been applying it to their Ooh. everyday lives. Yeah. Um, and we have so many tools that we use here in our day to day. And so we see a lot of positives that come with AI. I'm sure we'll we'll probably use AI to edit part of this podcast, you know. Yeah. But but then we also see the negatives with AI. You know, when it comes to the way you know deepfakes and child pornography and all this stuff. So it, it's really fascinating to watch this new technology that's going to be a game changer and how it's implemented. And I think we're in kind of a new shift in how people will be working and people will be thinking and to be part of that and to get to, you know, use generative AI for the first time in things like Photoshop and online and and, see, and watch watch the program be able just to kind of create images out of thin air. It really shows the possibilities. And I think it's really exciting to be here in this moment of time and see how it's going to affect human humankind and hopefully push it to, to help human flourishing and not the opposite. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's in many ways, like a cultural moment, like a pivotal moment, yeah. in, in the same way that the iPhone revolutionized yeah. how we all do our lives. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're watching the same thing with yeah. things like ChatGPT. Yeah. 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 It's like a, a new technology unlocking the potential that we weren't even aware of. I've seen so many of those. Um, the future. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. It's a new sound effect we have. <laughs> but no, for sure. I There's a, a ton of interesting things that AI can do too in the tech space, not just, you know, editing podcasts or, you know, creating these images, but also identifying things like, like engineered projects for space use. Mm-hmm. My top story that I was going to say had to do with that submarine that scared me oh. to death. The submarine, um, I forgot as, about the submarine. Yes, as many of you guys know, I am terrified of the Titanic and deep water, but maybe AI could have identified, you know, what was wrong with the the engineering behind that sub and we wouldn't have had the issues that we saw. I do think that that might win for memes just because the uh, <laughs> social media was just taken by storm oh. by this little sub that could not. Um, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know, sorry, that was horrible. Start. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that was really cool this year to see something not a ton of people are talking about were those non-humans that were identified, I think, in Mexico or New Mexico, I don't remember. But that was earlier and we also have no idea like what those were. Like, they could have been something created a really long time ago by civilizations long ago in, in the Americas. But yeah, I think if I were to look at 2023 as a whole, I would summarize it in war, unfortunately, economic turmoil, unfortunately, and at least when it comes to America, the border crisis. Those were the three big things <laughs> that we need to work on. Um, let me let me once again say, wah, wah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just bringing all the darkness. <laughs> Thank you, Biden. <laughs> you know what? That's that's exactly it. I mean, I think there's something to be said for. Honestly, reviewing some of that darkness as we go forth into 2024, because Mm -hmm. I think it gives us an opportunity to go, 
we're going to reassess what our priorities are, mm-hmm. right? Are we going to survive another border crisis? Are we going to permit another round of anti-Semitic street protests uh, calling for genocide, death to, to Jews and victory for Hamas? Are we going to allow another market crisis? I mean, this year began with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, right? I mean, oh, wow. this, yep. this entire year has been an economic upset. The housing market is tanked. Inflation's at 22-year highs. This is a time where we can go back and go, okay, we need to get our sort of governmental house in order Mm -hmm. because every individual of all ages, races, ethnicities, sexual orientations, beliefs, is being affected by these major stories. Mm -hmm. So the seat of power, and we have the privilege of being here in in D.C., we got to make sure that we vote our values Mm -hmm. and that we understand that this is really kind of a seminal moment for the republic. I think a lot of people have said that in the past. I don't think it's an overstatement right Mm -hmm. now going into the next year. Yeah. All right. Next one. We can be a little more upbeat. (laughs) Okay, good. So there's a lot of cultural things that came out. I mean, I think Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, the Taylor Swift movie, which I... That's a lot of Taylor Swift for you, Warren. I know, I know. Wow. I, like, I can't believe I just came out. I mean, that's out. a lot of Swift, yeah. okay? I mean, the Barbie movie. What What mm. was your favorite thing to come out or favorite cultural moment Ooh. of this year? Hmm. There's a lot. I would say... I think Barbie really tapped into something culturally. Did you see the Barbie movie? I don't want to confirm confirm or deny. You you know what? We're having a movie night. Just, yes. We're having a movie night. But here's what I do know, okay? As somebody who has written so much on issues affecting women, it tapped into the difficulty that women of all political stripes and beliefs still have and kind of feeling like they can be what they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? And particularly, now I approach this differently, obviously, as a mom, because I'm a mom and a worker and a daughter and a friend and a sister and a parent, and it's just sort of the difficulty in thinking, man, we gotta, we have to be all things to all people in a way I think that men do not mm-hmm. experience, right? Mm-hmm. Women, I think, are... We are relational first yeah. before we are vocational. Yeah. And I think that's what it tapped into was mm. really that sort of cultural moment where we're seeing an icon of all of our childhoods because Barbie's been around since the 50s. Mm-hmm. We see this cultural icon represented as struggling with how to be all things to all people. And that was something I think that was really important about that particular messaging. But it really elicited very strong feelings on one side or the other. I think going not to not to make this political at all, but see, it keeps going back to politics. It's really hard. It's like we all work in politics. I know. So bizarre. But I think the movie Sound of Freedom was a Mm. really powerful cultural moment because it allowed people to think about a topic that 
we've probably all heard about, we've talked about the problems of, of the sex trade, of human trafficking, but to see a movie that was done not by big Hollywood, but really an indie film that had such an impact that so many people were talking about that did so well at the box office mm-hmm. that was really, really well done, I mean, very professionally done, but that had a powerful message and that actually brought a really important issue to people's attention. I think that was huge. And I'll just say as someone that has been very frustrated with with Christian films, with films that have meaning and messages, very frustrated with the quality of those. I felt like Sound of Freedom set a standard for that industry of if you're going to make content, good moral value Mm. content, do it well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I will say I will say stories with that good moral content really are I think in increasing measure becoming more and more popular, mm-hmm. right? I think the the American public wants that Jesus Revolution, for example, yeah. mm-hmm. really became a sensation. Another movie that I really liked. Now it wasn't it didn't come out this year, but here's a fun interconnectedness with Ooh. what I do. The Supreme Court took up a case called Loper Bright Enterprises, mm-hmm. right? So we're waiting for that. It's asking a question about whether or not the Supreme Court should overturn a long held doctrine called Chevron deference, okay? It means that in an ambiguous case where a statute doesn't necessarily define a term specifically, the Supreme Court in years, for decades, has just said, we're going to let the regulatory agency defer to whatever reading it thinks is appropriate. The movie from 2021, anyone who saw it, it was called Coda. It was about a deaf family with one hearing child who had an incredible voice. But it was about this family of fishermen. And it went specifically to the regulation at issue. This is the case that they made a movie about in 2021 when the actual EPA was determining that they had to get a essentially a monitor on every boat in this fishing enterprise, big fishing enterprises, small mom and pop shops. And they had to pay this federal government monitor because that's how they were reading the associated statute. So here's a cultural moment becoming now a legal moment because Mm -hmm. we saw this movie, Coda, very family friendly, incredibly wonderful moral content, belief in parents of a kid that they can't even hear when she sings. And it went to the fact that they were struggling to make ends meet because of this regulation. Now we're going to see the Supreme Court take this actual case up the same family is the one that was at issue in the movie Coda, which is cool. This is very helpful because it is one of the hardest things every year to find movies that my whole family can watch together at Christmas. Yes. And I'm like, this sounds like something we could highly, all watch. Highly, highly recommend. A beautiful story. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep a running list in my head of the, like, five films. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, we got, a, we got a list from the last podcast, too. There you go. There you um, go. To pivot from uh, movies, I think that one of my favorite things about this year was we did some really cool collaborations Lauren's team did with the Libs of TikTok and Mm. that was incredibly interesting and I feel as though what I took from it at least is kind of to your point of there's a lot of people out there that want this Jesus revolution this almost revolution of I want to be able to say what I believe and not be criticized or not have to hide behind an account and 
we just have seen that a lot more often. Unfortunately, sometimes it's a, a little annoying. Like the other day, I saw this Starbucks worker was holding her phone and the customer was holding their phone. And <laughs> it was like a back and forth that was pretty aggressive. And that's not the type of like transparency I'm looking for. But this new bravery, whether it be parents, whether it be children in school or athletes mm-hmm. in school, you know, just like college university students even, and just, you know, people with maybe not the the at-large opinion, you know, they're a kind little like more... like citizen reporting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, that was super interesting to see, and the, the courage that just manifested from that by other people and other Americans that might not have shared their opinions as openly that came from that. You know, obviously it's not always productive um, to, you know, have people on Twitter trolling one another, but <laughs> when we're doing meaningful commentary and we're, you know, sharing things on this platform that has, you know, no longer, I mean, there's, Elon's still working at the kinks, right? But <laughs> working to make it a freedom of speech platform, that was something beautiful that I thought came from this year is that effort to really reestablish freedom of speech, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be in a school board meeting, wherever it is. I thought that that was very, very interesting and just yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I think people have gotten to the point now where they're tired of all of these challenges to their freedom of expression and their freedom of religion because religion, quite frankly, Christianity, holds a lot of unpopular orthodox opinions, right? It's very, very, I think, gratifying for me. We just saw a victory coming out of the Supreme Court in Virginia mm-hmm. on Peter Vlaming's case. And I know Huge that case. we've talked about him here, right? That's the fired French teacher who was teaching at West Point High School in Virginia. They fired him for refusal to use a preferred pronoun for a transgender student. And he said, listen, my faith prohibits me from that. I'll use this individual's preferred name. But I just can't use the preferred pronoun requested because it requires me to lie, Mm -hmm. right? So he just finally made it all the way up to the Supreme Court after suing the the school board. And the Virginia Supreme Court said, guess what? It's the Constitution, stupid. So they, (laughs) they said he's absolutely protected and his lawsuit against the school board can go forward. His free speech was violated. His religious liberty was violated. So I am hopeful this is more of what we're going to see in the future. I mean, the 303 creative case this year, huge, huge victory for compelled speech. But that goes to the question of people are tired of having things shoved down their throat. It's almost like we've forgotten that the framers had this vision for pluralism in the country. I mean, it's amazing, right? Like, everyone can live together without holding the same perspectives, uh, unless you're a conservative. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lauren, did you say? So I think mine, and I think mine kind of dovetails nicely in this conversation, mm. but my favorite moment, cultural moment, is the Bud Light Oh, oh, that boycott. is so good. I mean, that was – when's the last time that conservatives actually boycotted something and was successful? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. Wow. And so that it, that was just encouraging. I mean, you just – every every time you, you see something else woke, to see a company actually having consequences, I just think that was a huge moment in our culture. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. All right. You all ready to go rapid fire? So ready. Oh, gosh. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. What's one lesson that you learned in 2023? Ooh, time management. Nice. And the value of female friends, Aww. right? Friends, Sarah, friends Sarah of all totally, stripes. Totally sold that for me. 
Oh. Was you that going to be yours? That was going to be mine. Well, oh. it's because she and I have developed this really, really close friendship. So oh. it can be both of ours. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so sweet. I think I've learned a lot in regards to my, the term that we use in the office is bandwidth, but maybe another term mm-hmm. is capacity. I think I've gotten more comfortable with knowing my limits, what I can and can't do, and yeah. being comfortable with that. Yeah, that's great. It, it is something that I feel like you spend the first part of your career sort of figuring out, like, okay, how much can I do? How far can I push myself? Mm-hmm. And I, I do think you can always grow your capacity more, but I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with, all right, this is what I'm capable of, and, and yeah. that's that's enough right now, and I'll, I'll keep growing it slowly. That's mm. exactly it. There is the power of no that some no. of us, oh, I it's think. it's a beautiful yeah. thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> that I think some of us forget because yeah. I think it's just naturally harder for us. Yeah. I hate to dis- not disagree, but, like, say the almost complete opposite. But for, for me, it, 2023. Yeah, work harder, Kristen, <laughs> yeah. except for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think what I mean by that is, like, leaning into discomfort. So this mm. year. I did a lot that I was not necessarily super comfortable with. I became a CrossFit coach. I wasn't sure how that was going to work out in the long run. I had some difficult conversations with friends, difficult conversations with those people close to me, and I, you know, had to move in one direction or the other with them, and I took some risks. So I feel like leaning into the discomfort, the amount that I have grown from that and saying, I'm just going to do this. That was probably one of the bigger lessons that I've learned is like you get a lot of return when you push yourself a little bit, not necessarily bandwidth wise, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Such a good point. And Kristen, I'm proud of you. You know, I know all those moments like you had a, a, a phenomenal year and I think that's awesome. She was there like getting the live, the live commentary from me. All right. Final question of the round. What is one thing that you want to leave in 2023? Hmm. Oh, gosh. Kids are deep, Lauren. You know, thank you. (laughs) Really brought it today. (laughs) Why don't we start with you, Lauren? Yeah. (laughs) What is one thing I want to leave in 2023? Should we go political or should we go personal? Well, do both. I mean, let's mix it up, man. I think, especially as women, we need to leave our doubt in ourselves in 2023. Mm. I think we have a tendency to overthink, and there's a voice in your head that's always like, you're you're not good enough, right? I saw, speaking of memes, I'm surprised I didn't send it to Sarah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, you know, when your friend lets you down, you say it's okay. When, you know, when your colleague lets you down, you say it's okay. But when it's in your head, you're like, oh, no, you idiot, right? And I think leaving leaving that voice and that, that... uh, doubt and that kind of not knowing that like you're enough just the way that you are. I think that that's something that as women, especially that we struggle with so much. And that's something that I would like to leave personally, if we're going to go really deep. And then I think just like all this like woke, especially men and women sports nonsense. I love yeah. for us just to be like, yeah, that was a 2023 problem. But now like we're smart and we're not going to do that. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. So I think speaking of that, I'll dovetail off of that. Um, the importance of truth. Mm-hmm. Man, oh mm-hmm. man, I the harder That'd be a great title for this episode. The importance of the truth. The importance of mm. truth. Yeah, exposing it all. There you go. <laughs> no, I I really think um, I really want to 
leave behind, and not just for me, but like collectively for conservatism as a movement, and especially for conservative women, being driven so much by what other people think of us, Ooh. right? Yes. So not just that we're not good enough, but that we define our worth by mm. whether or not we've agitated somebody mm. or let somebody down or was talking to someone and they had a bad day and took it out on us and then suddenly going home and thinking that's a reflection on me as a person mm-hmm. because the reality is we're not thought about nearly enough mm. as we think mm. we are and we all know that we have inherent worth and value mm. and that we are all children of God Mm -hmm. and we are all loved equally Mm. and we've got to stand strong in that without going oh but all of these other people I've I've let down Uh, all of these other people don't like me you're somebody you know my granny was so wonderful she was a mental health nurse and she did hospice care so really saw people in the throes of the biggest struggles of their lives and she said to me once honey you are somebody's news for 15 minutes Love that. Which I thought, you know what? What a great philosophy. So busy, but it makes perfect sense. People, you cannot be all things to all people Mm -hmm. all the time. It is totally impossible. So it it is literally your responsibility to the Lord and to your loved ones and then let the chips fall where they may. That Mm. was good. I think for me it goes – both ways of uh, for both political and personal is just, you know, leaving ego and like the accomplishments of 2023 Mm. or the pride you get from those accomplishments in 2023. We've got a really, really big year ahead of us in 2024 for more reasons than just one. Um, And I remember when I was first starting off in my career, you know, I was really proud of my job. But to your point, like I'm not I'm not my job. I'm a child of God. And Mm. so when I say leave your ego at the door, I guess what I mean by that is like your accomplishments are great, but they're not as long lasting as other accomplishments will be. And by that, I mean, you know, Jesus died for our Mm -hmm. sins. We're on our way somewhere. And that's going to be a lot longer of a time than here. So I think for Washington and I think for myself, you know, relish right now, this is a time of celebration. December, we are getting ready for the new year. But it's not a time to to stay in forever. We got to, you know, pick ourselves up, keep going in 2024, and always come to things humbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington and our friends on the Hill would really learn a lot if they did that all the time. Yes. Which we see sometimes. We I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to discredit them. We see that sometimes. Listen, this, the entire district drives ego. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. 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 So, so I think from a political perspective, would love... There, there's been some some hard news in the pro-life movement this year. We've had a lot of ballot initiatives, pro-life ballot initiatives that have failed. And I would love for 2024 to be kind of a new a new chapter moving forward, mm. specifically in relation to state policy around pro-life issues. That mm. we would see some states put the put their stake in the ground and say, as a state, we are going to stand for life, and especially with the upcoming election, that states would be moving forward boldly for life and that the American people would really move forward boldly for life and protecting life. So I would would love to love to see that moving forward, that we would leave those those losses in this year and move forward with boldness. Mm. I think on the personal side, 
something that, you know, I'm going to be realistic and be like, I can't leave this entirely in this year because we're humans and we're growing, but is probably the element of selfishness. It's just very real that when you're a single woman doing your thing, like our worlds do kind of tend to revolve around our schedules and our work and, you know, what we're doing with friends and what we're doing at church. And I'll catch myself sometimes and I'm like, oh, man, I like I, I need to slow down a little bit and make sure that I am you know thinking about the fact that, yes, it's, quote unquote, my life, but I'm not living it just for me. There's mm-hmm. there's a much larger purpose and meaning and I'm living it before the Lord and I'm, mm. I'm living to serve other people. And so the little inconveniences that sometimes ruffle our feathers in the middle of the day, I'm like, all right, get over yourself. You're not a big deal. Let's give up that control. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be a little more, a little more maybe humble is, is the word I'm looking for. Mm. I love that. Guys, I could sit here and ask you guys questions all day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were great questions. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's not very good at keeping me humble, but. <laughs> <laughs> and Kristen still needs to work harder. Yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> Always. <laughs> all right. We are going to take a quick break, but stay tuned because we'll be back. Hey there, this is Virginia Allen, senior news producer and podcast host at The Daily Signal. We see it as our mission to cut through the liberal media spin and provide honest, thorough, and responsible reporting on the most important issues of the day. But we can't do it without your help. And as we approach the end of the year, The Daily Signal is counting on donations from listeners just like you. We are the nonprofit news outlet of the Heritage Foundation, and we rely on the generous gifts of our supporters. Please help us by making a tax-deductible year-end gift. You can do so by visiting dailysignal.com slash donate. Your gift will ensure we continue producing cutting-edge journalism and investigative reporting. Again, that website is dailysignal.com slash donate. Thanks again for listening to our Daily Signal podcast, whether problematic women or the Daily Signal podcast. We are so grateful for your support. Welcome back. This point of the show, we normally crown our problematic woman of the week. We normally have it scripted out. And we normally know exactly who we're going to put. But now we are going to crown the problematic woman of the year. Of the year. And I just wanted to open up to nominations before we decide on one. Yes. Well, so as we know, Time Magazine named Taylor Swift person of the year. So nope, Lauren, we're not, we're not naming Taylor Swift. <laughs> Time already has her. That's enough recognition for Taylor. She doesn't need it. She doesn't need us. <laughs> There have been a lot of women that have made a lot of waves this year in a good way, obviously being problematic women. I mean, Elise Stefanik for her questioning of the college presidents. I think that was huge. Chloe Cole testifying before Congress. So powerful. Yeah. Uh, Representative Lisa McLean, who introduced the Save Women's Sports Act, who Mm -hmm. is a huge proponent of um, protecting women's athletics. And um, she's just been leading the charge of the House. Mm -hmm. So... Megan Kelly, of course, for just crushing it as a debate moderator. Yeah. She, by far, I think, asked the best questions out of any moderator. She didn't care who the people were. She went right for it and asked the questions that the American people had been wondering if someone would be brave enough to ask. Yeah, absolutely. I like Kristen's idea of a high right, Rachik, who runs Mm. the lips of TikTok. Yeah. That has made a huge cultural difference. Totally. I mean, there's also Barbie, but I mean... 
Barbie's I know not she's a person. not a person, but oh, she was good enough gosh. for times. We <laughs> heard it in unison. Wow. Hater's going to hate it. Not, g- not good enough for Sarah to go see the movie. <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, gosh, I'm going to see it. It's fine. I haven't seen it either. So. Oh, oh, that is okay. actually wow. insane. Okay, yeah. We're going to really get some pink do. drinks, some pink popcorn. Yeah, we're going to make this happen. Yeah. Wow. New Year's resolution right there. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the Barbie movie. Uh, but, I mean, I, I do think... If if we think about all the women that had a lot of impact, that I mean, Riley Gaines, you just have oh, to think. Yeah. You have to think about the moment in history that we're in in this massive fight for women's sports. And I don't know that anyone has been. I, I think people have been just as vocal as she has been, but the spaces that she's been able to have access into because of her story, her personal Mm -hmm. experience, being an athlete, being a young person, her message has reached people that you know, the message of a lawmaker just could never reach. Yeah. People are listening to Riley. They're paying attention. They're hearing her story, both, you know, young people on social media and lawmakers on Capitol Hill. Yeah. And it's not just athletes. Like, she has really shed a light um, into how far this is going. We're seeing sororities now with men in them, which makes absolutely zero sense because that is not a sisterhood then. Well, and so not to brag on my friend too much because we're trying to keep each other humble, but a certain one of us testified with Riley the other day. Yes, she did. And she killed it. Yes, she did. We got to kind of hang out with her for a little bit back before the the testimony. And like she was just so genuine and she really cared about these these women and girls. She was asking the the people there about their kids and what their experiences were. And really, we're we're talking about the the sorority that you brought up. And just to see someone that genuine and someone who really cares and is willing to put themselves at risk when you don't have to, I think is so right. And so, Virginia, I agree with you. I I say let's lock it in and let's make her the problematic woman of the year. She's got my vote. Yes. All right, four for four. Congratulations, Riley. You are problematic woman of the year. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that was so fun. This is so fun. I'm so grateful for all of you guys. You're so so special in my life, and Aww. and you, the listeners, as well. I mean, we, yeah. we wouldn't do this without you. And totally, just just blessing. I'm gonna call us from now henceforth the sisterhood of the traveling mics. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, Thank that's you. adorable. And there's four of us. How oh. cute. <laughs> That's going to be a sticker or something. <laughs> I need to make that a thing. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year happy to New you year. guys. Yeah. Enjoy time with family and I friends. Know. No show next week. We're all going to be off spending time with family. Friends. Go back and listen to an old one, though, if you miss us. Yeah. 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 You can always catch us. Yeah. But we will be back with you the first week of January. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram. Right? Check us out on Instagram. Probably yeah. not on Instagram. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Merry New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Problematic Women is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is a product of The Daily Signal, produced by Lauren Evans and Virginia Allen. And be sure to follow Problematic Women on Instagram. We produce Problematic Women in remembrance of our dear friend and former co-host, Bree Payton.